0: Hello and welcome to Helpline in Focus. Ah, Lockdown. It's a lot, isn't it? Um, this Helpline in Focus is uh, an attempt to try and support all of you out there parenting small children. Just a, a little moment where we can get together, have a chat with an expert. So tonight we're going to be talking about relationships, nurturing relationships. So this could be with your partner with your kids or with friends uh, who want to catch up for a socially distanced walk or a zoom call and you're just not into it um what is challenging you right now we're here to help my guest is clinical and counseling psychologist elizabeth short the ceo of relationships australia new south wales and the way you can ask elizabeth your questions is you can pop your comment below to ask the question um just join in and write it down and we will get to you Um, when we can. And if you don't, I'm just going to keep on asking my questions. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? Good. Thanks. So lockdown, as we all know, is challenging for many different reasons. Um, And one of the things I find most strange about it, I think, is that I'm forced to be with people I love 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it's kind of killing me. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I just wanted to start with that question like you can feel like you know I love these people and you know I often feel I don't in normal times I don't get enough time with them so what's wrong with me that I kind of want to throttle them because I'm spending so much time with them now is it is it natural state of affairs for humans to spend this much time together
1: well, there's probably something to the old expression that distance makes the heart grow fonder, but there's there's something about getting away and coming back, which gives us perspective and appreciation and um, room to move and, um, and opportunities for appreciation. And so, you know, coming home at the end of the day to the family as your kind of safe harbour. Um, it's quite different than if they're there, where... Um, uh, you know we're all annoying you know human <laughs> beings are annoying and there wouldn't be anybody who isn't irritating at some point so we soften that by uh, reducing the time we forced ourselves on our families <laughs> and they on us um, and that's healthy and we also need a range of people to be at our best so if we're more extrovert and our family's a bit more introvert we actually need to lessen our expectations of them and lighten the load on them by getting out and about and getting some of those needs met somewhere else. So for a whole lot of reasons, we are better when we can pursue some individual interests outside the house that give us perspective about what's going on inside the house.
0: All right, so let's tackle this because a lot of us actually can't do that right now. Let's start with romantic relationships because we have all heard of uh, kind of anecdotes and statistics of relationships that just break down over the period of lockdown and and look for separation afterwards. What are the biggest stresses on couples, particularly those with kids right now?
1: Look, I think think the amount of pressure and expectation on the family, particularly, you know, in, in Western society where we're used to uh, delegating some things to other people whether it's to childcare centres or having a cleaner or going to work or having in-laws help or neighbours help um, we, we tend to have quite a lot of people that help us keep the show on the road so I think without that um, things do get um, you know particularly difficult um, we also heighten that sense of um the the issues that often couples struggle with such as equality so that um that you might have sort of settled for something say you're the part-time worker and your partner's the full-time worker well you you might have sort of unhappily accepted that you might do a bit more with the kids or the housework suddenly when everybody's home and making a mess you you aren't so happy with the arrangements and you see that your partner's no longer traveling as much and has plenty of time to, uh, to actually help. I think, you know, it's, it's raising issues about um, how we're traveling, what agreements we've had, what deals we've struck consciously and unconsciously, and whether it's true that those things have to continue. So there's such an opportunity to uh, dust off our relationship perspectives, but there's also a really good opportunity to have a big fight about it as well. So um, it <laughs> I was does depend say- which way you go.
0: I was going to say, how do you, how do you broach that subject when I guess um, in the past, I I find difficult conversations a lot easier to have when it's just the two of you over a nice meal with a glass Mm -hmm. of wine and you, you know, you're able to reconnect and enjoy that relationship before all the stresses of kids. Um, And obviously we can't do that in lockdown. How do you, Broach a topic that that could potentially um, get their back up.
1: Yeah. Well, look, I think this is the thing that a lot of couples have this struggle in that they say to me, "Oh, there was never a good time to raise the issue," and um, and in fact, it's most of the time I was afraid to raise it. You know, we were having a nice day. I didn't want it to go pear shaped. Oh, they look stressed already. I didn't want to add to that. Uh, I didn't feel like it, we were watching our favourite show. There's a million reasons to put it off. And generally that is because our roadmap is that it's, it's, going, to, it's going to end badly. Now that might be because um, there's a history of that, that couples you know, aren't good at, at tackling disruptive issues. It might be, may be that just one person in the relationship is highly conflict avoidant. So I think we've got to nail what is my problem about bringing this up? And does it have to be such a big deal? You know, am I really about to let a bomb go off or is it actually just a quiet reflection? Um, So what what the wonderful opportunity we have now is that we can say, look, these are very odd times. And it calls for us to look at things afresh, Um, unlike normal times where you might want to shift who's doing the vacuuming, and you might say, well, how do I mount a case for that? I've done it for 10 years, how do I change that? COVID in a way, gives us this opportunity to say, um, look, everything's up in the air. you know, like here's our chance to recreate ourselves, including if we've got four, five or six people living in the house, what do we want from all of us? It's not just that it's about parents dashing in and out of the house. In fact, is this time for our kids to participate more? And should we be asking more of them around picking up and cleaning their rooms and washing dishes? So I think you could you could say, what if we as a, as a couple, if you are a couple, um, what if we actually really looked at this differently? And you can do this on any day. You could have done it last March. You, you could have done it in lockdown now. But, you know, now that we've heard, it could be months that we're doing this to say, well, if it's going to be months today, I think I'll raise it, you know, like just... Yes. And, and again, it's not... Um, I think if you sometimes you, you've you actually been sitting on so much resentment that you can't picture raising it without really wanting to clobber the person with your theory. Um, but if you actually tone that down and say, actually, I'd just like to rework how we do things, that's actually quite a reasonable thing to raise.
0: Mm. So going from conflict to those that may not be feeling that way and actually um, are enjoying this period with their partner, how important is intimacy at a time like this? So um, people, the couples are all different. Everyone has a different sex drive. Some people might be itching for it. Others might be like, well, you know what? I just taught year four maths and I don't want to do anything except lie Mm. on the lounge. And, of course, everyone's at home. So, you know, you might have had more opportunities for intimacy pre-lockdown. Um, how do we manage that right now?
1: Well, look, I guess it depends on how your relationship was travelling before that, because if different sex drives or um, interests or, you know, reasons for having sex or not having sex were already a bit problematic, um, then uh, then you could actually be and this can go with any sort of conflict what happens for some couples during COVID is just um, an escalation of things that were already on the table Um, and so it could be a chance to actually look at them I mean that's why some couples are getting into trouble because they were probably in trouble before lockdown and then they just didn't have they went into free fall Um, other couples are pulling rabbits out of hats and saying well look at us we're in far better shape than we would have given ourselves credit for so it's it's very variable but it's true enough that on the face of it it could look like there's all these opportunities for intimacy and warmth and more you know even pats on the bottom as you walk past each other like you could be more affectionate Um, but this thing about proximity you often do need a bit of space to have good intimacy and that can be both emotional space and physical space. So, again, um, it may be that getting out of the house or moving around the house or going for a separate walk or seeing friends, you come home a bit bolstered and a bit sort of lively and you're bringing different energy to the relationship. Sometimes couples need some, sep- some psychic separateness in order to throw themselves at each other. Mm-hmm. So, um, so um, I think if you're welded together, all day and all night and then you're trying to have good sex that that's going to work for some people but it it wouldn't be uncommon to find that difficult
0: um talking about you know spending all that time together it just occurred to me uh something I probably struggle with is uh moods and how people express their moods so I live with someone who is very um expressive and uh fiery but takes things sort of like a water off a duck's back whereas I feel those mood swings and feel that they're directed at me no matter how many times he says to me oh it's not you I'm just you know not a morning person or I'm just had a bad day at work it's not anything to do with you Um, how how can you be I sometimes think I need to be more resilient because it has nothing to do with me and I wake up each morning and try to be my best self for my kids and my family and and for myself because I don't like being cranky <laughs> so how how can you be a bit more resilient when you're when you're in a room together you're in a house together and someone's a bit more uh, expressive of their moods that way I guess
1: look I think it is a. it's always a negotiation that um, you know the very idea that we're totally responsible for our own feelings which is sort of a was a big theory in the 70s about that I remember my my mother studying all of that as if you know um, you can be really empowered in just sort of the water off a duck's back idea and the reality is because we are relational beings and we love people that are important to us um, if we were truly sort of unaffected then we wouldn't be very good at relationships you know in a way you, you want to be tuned into your partner and you you want to pick up on nuances because that's about sensitivity and, and connection and holding your partner in mind. And usually um, our partners want us to be like that. They want us to be sensitive to moods because they're dropping hints and, you know, all of that. So I think it's a combination of the two. It's um, if you give your partner feedback, what you're looking for is that they become more self-aware and mindful about how they come across and that they modulate what they do, because they have an effect on those around them. And you're quite right, we also need to be a bit more resilient. So I think if you check once, you know, are you upset about something and your partner says, oh, no, I'm not a morning person, then yes, you need to get on with it. But if you're really tuned in, and you know that they're actually acting out, I don't mean in a needy way, like, no, I bet it's me, I bet it's me, not that because that's not healthy at all. But if it is, look, I know that they're not like this and I, I'm pretty sure they're stewing on last night's argument, then I think, you know, you need to, to say, well, this is what I think is going on and kind of bring it to a head a bit. But it's it's that combination between the two, isn't it? Yeah. And I think too we can do this with kids. I think you can talk about this as a family let's all talk about how we show when we're grumpy and how do we let people know when we're just having a bad day. And you can actually lift the whole family's emotional intelligence and ability to communicate by making it almost a bit of a game, you know, mm-hmm. about, um, about, well, how do we know what's going on for each other? And if any of us need quiet time, how can we ask for it um, in a way that's, you know, a good way to do it? Um, and and that, that could improve things all round.
0: That's interesting you say that because Rachel on Facebook um, has asked a question. She says, how do I alleviate the guilt I feel for wanting to spend time by myself? I'm relatively introverted and in lockdown in Melbourne with three kids and a husband who's an essential worker and is out of the home from 6.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. I get so exhausted asking for help and not getting it, doing most of the housework plus care plus remote learning yet if I try to take just a 10 minute bath by myself in the evening I'm constantly bombarded by everyone and feel guilty for even trying. I'm really feeling the confinement of this latest lockdown and trying not to resent everyone in our house for not giving me time to myself. And I've got to say um, I, I completely hear what Rachel's saying there. Um, my husband's out of work out working out of the house most days and you know come the evening time and I'm like trying to do my work or trying to do something for myself it's almost like the kids they're so used to me being there for them all day they forget they can ask their dad to do anything yeah I mean it sounds it's a bit different there because Rachel's not getting the help she's asked for
1: Look, I think I think there is something about how old the kids are that can make a difference too, because if you've got three kids under five, they're not good with boundaries or, you know, everything's about them and they couldn't possibly, you know, understand you really do need another parent to step in and kind of block, you know, to be the gatekeeper. But as soon as your kids are old enough to reason and you can give them examples about their own life, you know, like when you want to sit quietly and read a book or you know how you like to go off and just be by yourself sometimes with Nana or you just you start to tell them about having special time and quiet time is a good thing and you could even introduce it with the whole family you know between two thirty and 3 o'clock we're going to have quiet time where everybody just picks a an activity that they're going to do and they're just going to practice being quiet you know you can actually start to skill the whole family up in what it means to be quiet and noisy and friendly and connected and disconnected. And, and then you can you can actually say mum's off to have a bath. Um, so this is mum's quiet time. You know how we've all learned about quiet time. Does anybody need me for anything because I'm going? Um, and whoever can can sort of play by themselves for long enough, you know, gets a prize at the end. Or something, you could do it, you know, in a way which is about... Um, know kind of training the family up for it i think the trouble is sometimes it's you know women the way we're socialized it can feel like we wait for others to let us um, and then we can resent why doesn't anybody let us do this and we've actually got to be confident enough that we train people into this is how it is and um and we set the boundary um, because those boundaries are actually good for kids too and as they get older if you've got more than one child they need to know how to negotiate that with each other. So if you see this is not, oh, greedy me, I'm trying to have a bath, but to say, no, this is actually a life skill for everybody in the family. Um, And if you've got a, a household with shared bedrooms, you may need to be very creative about where's the spot in the house that we know we go when we just need quiet time, and it might be a chair. Whenever someone's in that chair, they're allowed to be quiet and no one bothers them. Um, you know, you could you could actually set it up, but what you're doing is teaching um, everybody about that. It's really it's really an important life skill.
0: Um, and I also, what I would say, I completely agree with that idea, um, Elizabeth, that we don't allow ourselves as women to have that time off because um, oh let me just read this follow-up from rachel she says our kids are eight six and one and a half i'm finding Mm. that all the routine of daily life we had pre-lockdown is becoming obsolete and they are so used to me now i've lost most of my bargaining chips um so what i was going to say um in relation to what rachel's talking about is uh i've been doing the remote learning myself since Mm. since we started lockdown and um Similar sort of feeling, like wanting to answer their needs as, as well, because I love my kids. But then the other night I just finished and I think it must have been seven or eight o'clock by the time I'd finished my work and my son wanted to watch the television. And I said, no, I'm, I'm watching the television. I'm watching my documentary. And it's the first time I think I've ever said that. Yeah. I thought, how ridiculous that I just and, I, and he started to complain. I said, sweetheart, it's one hour out of the whole day that I have been with you, this is mm-hmm. one hour. And mm-hmm. as I said that, I could see on his face and I felt in myself just how reasonable yeah. it was to say this is my time. Like obviously Rachel can't say that to a one-and-a-half-year-old.
1: No. <laughs> Eight-and-a-six-year-old
0: should be able to understand that. Oh, well, look, right?
1: absolutely. You can, you can talk about mum's time and even without sort of hammering the point on everybody you you can basically um, you know whenever kids are doing something like I'd like this game and will you play with me to say yeah I'll I'll do that for you and then you know later you might you might say well um, I'm going to have a bath and you know this is now my time and so you don't want to you don't want to make it a weapon I'm not putting it like that but I'm just saying there will be opportunities in the family where you can talk about that and you obviously. Uh, Rachel needs to also talk to her partner who no doubt comes home exhausted as well at after a 12 hour you know um, shift as well but to say okay well what would be reasonable you need some downtime when you first walk through the door um, I'm pretty desperate to get away when you first walk through the door so how do we how do we navigate that what is reasonable and um, and you know it it may be if you have half an hour to get changed and calm down and then I have the next half an hour or you know like there's probably a way you can do it if you keep it to yourself you just get so resentful that their behavior looks appalling and and you're just in a rage then by the time it comes up it is just a conversation about resentment and who's had the worst life you know it's like well I've had a bad day well I've had a bad day that never goes well does it as a couple it's just you know, it's um it's like when you first have a newborn. You got 10 minutes more sleep than I did, and that's you know, you start to get crazy with it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck, Rachel. I'm hoping that with Victoria, it's not as bad as what we have here in Sydney. I'm hoping that it stops
1: their mm-hmm. lockdown. They've had a terrible time, a really terrible time. And it has Very it tough. has skewed family. Life, but I guess that's the thing that even if you're in lockdown, you still can have rituals and boundaries and clarity about time. I think a lot of people have just given up, they just think it's a free for all, and that's part of the difficulty. We've lost definition, and we're counting on when do I get to go back to work or childcare to create the definition. I think what we've got to do is say, Well, we might be in the house, but we can still create time parameters, like with school, you know, they still have morning and lunchtime and breaks and so you can still create those sort of parameters within the family and teach teach kids about time and space and need Um, it doesn't have to be okay I give up all bets are off I'm just at the mercy of my children all day it's it actually I think I think sometimes we've done that because we just feel so helpless and hopeless and um, but it makes it much harder to change routines back again because you know, kids are just all over the place by then. Mm. Yep.
0: <laughs> um, so let's move on to um talking about other kinds of relationships. When I've got a lot of questions here about partners, but I'm just thinking because our relationships aren't just with the our romantic partners, obviously there are other people in our lives. Um, what about when we are saying to our kids so that idea with the kids we start to put those boundaries in especially those of us who are working from home so I just had this uh situation just then when I was working at the desk and I really needed to concentrate and my daughter just kept talking and talking and talking and I was like kept saying now I'm trying to concentrate mommy needs to work now <laughs> And the look on her face, she was so upset that I'd I'd done that. And I know that there are lots of parents out there that are having to repeat themselves and put Mm -hmm. more boundaries in so that they can get their work done. Are our kids going to be okay at the end of this that we've had to push them away so much? I mean, it's kind of the opposite of Rachel's experience, isn't it? Like, Mm. we don't want to give them everything, but we also don't want them to feel like we're not there for them as well. I mean, how do you think kids are going to do after this lockdown ends
1: look to some degree they'll probably do better than we do you know because a lot of parents are devoting themselves and just trying to um, you know if anything squeeze work into a smaller space or give up on all sorts of things just to be present I mean I certainly have spoken to parents who've given up on homeschooling and said they have to watch tv all day or I'll lose my job so I think um, I think Parents will notice that more, you know, that the terrible guilt I hear women go through. How the hell do I ever get this right? Um, Well, there's no chance. There's no chance of getting any of it right. And of course, as a working mother, you never feel it, even in the best of times, that you're getting anything (laughs) right. So, um, so, but, you know, mostly, um, you know, in the general population, our kids will catch up on their schooling. You know, short of doing the HSC or something, not only will the community and systems cut them some slack, um, but um, that we will be able to get them on track in in most cases. So, I'm, I'm you know, I think we have to um, be kind to ourselves that they will be OK. I, I think to kids, it's a complete mystery what work means. So when your head is somewhere else um, and you say I can't focus on this now. Um, they think well why not you're sitting there you know you your eyes are open you know you you appear to be um, present so um, they just they can't actually you know get it and so um, so again I think it's the it's the creation of spaces in the day like if you can if your children are old enough to do their schoolwork while you work as well and you try and have breaks I think what we need to do is turn up in a reliable way that's good parenting is often about being reliable and consistent so saying um, let's all watch the clock and mum will reappear at 10 and I'll sit in the other room or I'll be in the other chair or I'll be across the room or whatever it is um, and we will have a conversation at 10 o'clock and even though it might be a wrench to stop your email midstream um, to just so that you kids know they've got you at a certain time then they can tolerate not having you I think if they feel like they're having to beg all the time and you eventually cave in, that's where they're going to test you more about um, your availability.
0: What if, um, now I'm sure this is something that people in Melbourne have experienced, like you say, that kind of lockdown fatigue, what can you do if you're all stressed because you're in lockdown, and parents' reactions worsen because kids' behaviours worsen, and then the cycle continues? Mm-hmm. How do you actually break that cycle of feeding off each other's um, stress or, or tension, that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, look, it is—it's um, incredibly difficult, isn't it? And and I guess um, I guess we need those skills of tolerance and compassion and kindness. Um, which is to try and cut each other some slack. Um, But this is where the self-care that I think was mentioned earlier really by Rachel about um, instead of feeling like, well, I'm going for a walk, I better invite the family with me because that would be the good thing to do. It might be better off that you go for a walk even for 15 minutes on your own and then come back and collect them if you have to um, because you actually could be in better shape if you take a bit of time for yourself rather than... Uh, go with everybody, and if you come back and you're in a much better mood, then you can say, um, you know, they'll they'll see that you're all the better for it, which is useful. So I do think self care and self awareness is really important. But the other thing is, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the skilling up as a family to to call a family meeting. I mean, rituals get everyone's attention. So I think to call a family meeting, maybe it be on a Sunday night or something, and you say, let's all talk about how we're going in lockdown who's the most irritable, who's, who got grumpy this week and what was it about? And you normalise getting grumpy, you normalise who woke up and just decided to have a sunny day and how did you do that? Um, and you you call out when someone's travelling well, gee, you seem happy today, how are you doing it? I feel really unhappy today. And you, you make it a conversation. I think if you if you talk it up instead of oh, I better keep smiling, I better look cheerful... You actually talk it up and you say to your kids, you know what? I'm finding today really hard work. How are you feeling? It's um, you're not only teaching your kids the language of emotions, but you're also saying it's okay to talk about the things that are on your mind. And in fact, if you sit down and all have a good whinge, okay, let's all spend 10 minutes really complaining. What's your complaint? <laughs> this is my complaint. As long as you don't give a serve at each other. Um then you could say, okay, well, I feel a lot better now. Who else feels better? Um, those sorts of things really um, shift the mood in the family. If though you're, you know, you as a couple feel that your kids are out of control, um, odds are on as a couple, you've lost it. And so, you know, generally it's helpful to start with hierarchy. So if you if you together are complaining about the state your kids are in, then maybe. Just stop and say, well, have we lost the plot with each other? And how can we do it differently? And again, call a family meeting and talk about expectations and say, look, we all just let the, we let the rains out as if we were on holiday because it's all so odd, but we realised that was a mistake and we're, we're going to do it differently from now. Kids can cope with that. They'll rail against it a bit, but they can cope with a change of mind.
0: Now, we are on time, but I just want to slip in one last question, if I could be so cheeky.
1: Mm.
0: Um, How can single parents manage their coupled friends' expectations of things like catch-ups on Zoom or through exercise? Because obviously it's not always possible for them to sort of um, put their kids to bed and and then stay up with a, a wine on Zoom or ask for someone to look after their kids while they go for a walk. Um, how's the nicest way I guess
1: to um, deal with that? Look I really really feel for single parents in this situation I think it's um, extremely hard going you know for for couples that are trying to juggle things I think it's really important if you've got a, a friend who's a single parent or a single person who could be very lonely it's it's a good time to reach out and try and um, share the load, even by debriefing or just, um, you know, recognising that, uh, you know, they don't have another pair of hands and it's extremely hard. So I, I do think that it's, um, uh, you know, when when you're a couple and you slip out and think, well, who can I, who can I connect with? Um, a lot of single parents do feel like they're the great person to ask, you know, because they're always available because they don't have a partner. But they're not always available because they don't have the help to get out. So um, I I have worked with a lot of single parents who feel that both, you know, delighted to have the social contact themselves, but sometimes feeling like people just don't get their experience at all. Um, And if they don't have good shared care arrangements with an ex, um, uh, then, um, uh, which is, you know, if they're lucky, they do. And they do have kind of weekends off or something like that. Um, which may or may not give them any pleasure, really, but there's an awful lot of um, single parents who don't have much time and um, sometimes they don't want to go clubbing. They might actually just want a book club or something that to you is much more ordinary. So I'd, I do think it's important to be sensitive to that um, and to remember they're not necessarily there to you know, be fun company for you. They might actually be looking for some care and support themselves.
0: Mm.
1: well we definitely have run out of time so thank you so much elizabeth
0: for coming on and and giving all your advice um we'll put links to relationships australia new south wales on the website and in the comments section below um so thank you for your time elizabeth Mm -hmm. and if you're needing any specific advice on how to settle a baby or manage a toddler tantrum or toilet training or anything like that you can try babyologies platform online platform the parent school where you can book an online uh one-on-one session with an expert and chat about your specific problem we will be back again next week kind of following on from this conversation we're going to be getting some tips on self-care both what to do and how to find the time so thank you elizabeth and thank you everyone for joining us see you next time